a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. Union. We're doing one of these look back in time in Utah football history. I'm your host, Trevor Howen, and I am joined by a bunch of star youths here on this chat. We're going back in time to 2015 when Utah went all the way up to number three and then ended up playing BYU in the Las Vegas Bowl. So we'll go ahead and just get, get started right away, bringing in players from that team. We will start with the quarterback. Uh, he was a senior back in 2015. Travis Wilson. Travis, how are you, man? I'm doing well. How are you? Doing good. And then we'll bring in the guy who he would throw to, um, Kenneth Scott, wide receiver, Batman, and uh, now rapper, Kenneth Scott. Hey, man. How are you? (laughs) I'm doing good. How's everything on your end? Everything is good. All right. And then we will bring in a guy who would uh, help block. He was one of the greatest O-linemen in Utah football history. I'm willing to say that. And now he is a police officer protecting the community in Provo, Isaac Asiata. Officer Isaac Asiata. How are you, man? Good, man. How are you doing? good. And then uh, everybody's favorite Aussie, everyone's <laughs> favorite punter, two-time Ray Guy Award winner, and my colleague, Tom Can't Hack It. Tom, how are you, man? T-Bone Steak, I'm doing well. How are you holding up, big man? You I didn't think we were going to go to that. Century about the all-century oh yeah all-century team all right hold on back up all right pac-12 all-century team member tom hackett i'm sorry tom i really should always think about that but that's the one award you always hang your hat on all right guys so just looking back as you guys look at that season almost five years ago you guys look at training camp we're just going to start there when did you guys think that that this team was going to be really good i want to start with with isaac on that answer uh tom that was the year that your moped got stolen huh yeah it was. yeah that's when i knew man i knew it was going to be a funky year i had to ride to practice with tom uh oh your car got stolen right the car got stolen, the, car got stolen. The, the moped saved us yeah. basil basil got stolen tom's car got stolen me and me tom and travis were rooming at that time tom's car got stolen was what i was barely fitting and driving around i had to ride on the back of this little Maybe like 250 cc moped. Tom to the morning for training camp, and that's when I knew everything was going to be amazing that year. All right, uh, Travis, when did you think this Utah football team was going to have a really good year? 
Um, I mean, I think with Taylor coming off of like our junior year, um, I think a lot of us had obviously been playing together for a few years now. Um, you know, we we built a lot of momentum going into our senior year and everything like that. And um, obviously, we had a few rough couple of first years. Um, you know, just adjusting to the Pac-12 and everything like that. But um, yeah, I think just leading up, like um, when you're conditioning, like summer and, and going into fall camp, like everyone, um, we were all super close and everyone had, you know, um, everyone had the same goal in mind and, you know, everyone uh, just wanted to achieve the same things. And, um, you know, just that kind of, that, that showed and you know, our leadership really stepped up and, um, became a good focal point for, for the rest of that season. All right. Uh, Tom Hackett, thoughts on when you guys thought that that was going to be a, a special season? I knew that you had a really good year, but when did you think the team as a whole was going to have a really special year? Uh, I was still trying to figure out the game of football in 2015, and I still am. Uh, so I didn't really know, Trev, but uh, I did know that we had our first winning year, like Trav was saying, in 2014. And uh, and so I thought that was that was worth something. And then we had a we had a fair few seniors as well. I know we don't have anybody on the defensive side of the ball on this, but this speed. But we had a number of seniors on the defensive side as well. And generally speaking, when you're an experienced group, your uh, your chances of doing better do go uh, do go higher and they do increase. So uh, I'm optimistic. You never know, though. I mean, at the end of that, it's college football, and a lot of the guys on the team. And a lot of the guys we play, obviously, you know, just young adults. Uh, and so every given week, you've got to show up. And sometimes you, you don't. And that's the reality of college football. But I, I was optimistic going into 2015, specifically because 2014 was our first winning season uh, since I had been there. 2012 and 2013, we both went five and seven. All right. Kenneth, same yeah. for you. Man, for me, it's you know, obviously the, the senior leadership that we had leading up to years. But... The one thing that I knew, I'll tell you this part. One thing I knew, when they said we was going to be on the drive, I said, oh, yeah, we're about to get on, we're about to get on this. It's either we're going to suck or we're going to be really, really good. And since they had Oregon State at that time, I knew they was going to handle the sucky part. So I knew we only, only had to win. Good. So I, that's how I knew. I figured, I said, okay, this must be a good year. It's one of them omens that, okay, they're going to record everything and we're going to have a breakout year. So that's, that's where I was optimistic at. I uh, I completely forgot about the drive. Do you guys remember when we went to the haunted house? Yeah. <laughs> the haunted house. Ooh. Wait, haunted house? Tom, yeah. elaborate, yeah, please. The haunted house, and uh, and they mic'd me up, and midway through, they had to pull me out of the the haunted house because my microphone couldn't stick to my chest because I was dripping in sweat. <laughs> it was horrible. I'm like. Mike up, K. Scott. He screams louder than any of them. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I was I was getting ready to fight everybody. Like if, I'm, if I'm scared, I'm trying to fight somebody. <laughs> <laughs> there were some uh, stories about that. I mean, what about camp? I know that people ha have stories about camp and how you know teams come together during camp, and you know it's also it's also a, a really hard time because you guys are getting ready for the year. What were some uh, training camp stories that you guys were going through? I mean, obviously, Tom, when did your car get stolen? Isaac went. Tom's, Tom's one the night before our first practice. Do you remember that? Because okay. we were we were freaking out because we were going to be late to the first practice of camp, and everybody was going to have to run gases. But everybody ran, ended up running gases anyway because we were on the drive. And 
that was the worst. That was the worst um, training camp of my Utah football career ever. And when I blamed the drive 150 percent because because when the cameras are on in practice, you have to basically do everything for the camera. We ran like 20 to 25 gassers at the end of a two and a half hour practice, like about three or four times that month. I was yeah, the best. I, I'm, just, I'm just happy we. I'm just happy we weren't doing the the 32 periods anymore. Yeah. We, actually, we actually slimmed it down to like 18 periods. I remember like our our freshman year, we were we were getting up there to like 28 periods, and those were small days. And then you restart the whole practice. Uh, yeah, and then you'd hear Coach Witt. You'd, you'd start messing up, and you'd hear Coach Witt start the period over. <laughs> You're like, God, clock off, and then we just keep rolling. Oh man! So uh, you, you guys opened up against Michigan. That was the uh, debut of Jim Harbaugh. How fired up were you guys to open up against Michigan at home? That was lit. Yeah, oh, it, was, it was amazing. I mean, just like I, obviously going there and playing them um, in the Big House our junior year and being able to win that game was was awesome. And then obviously having them come to ours and yeah. Having it be uh, Jim Harbaugh's first college game back, and you know, that was that was definitely a, a sweet victory to kind of take away his first win back in college. So that was that was awesome. Yeah, and everything surrounding that game, man. Everybody said, "Oh yeah, Jim Harbaugh, he's gonna he's gonna go to Utah and he's gonna sm- smash Utah." And the cupcake. Yeah, the cupcake. That was the cupcake <laughs> game. Cupcake. We all had cupcakes. It was the greatest. But that was yeah. that was that was huge for. From a team standpoint, um, I know us as a whole line, we it was a big challenge because these guys were supposed to be like elite defensive linemen, and the five of us we handled them really well. It was it was a fun game plan. How would you guys say the you know crowd was there? I mean, I you guys obviously played in in a lot of openers at home, you know, seeing that stadium rocking. Was that about as loud as you guys have have, have heard it when you guys were playing at Utah? Yeah, it was pretty electric, man. Yeah. It was as loud as I can remember. Yeah, and so, I mean, the, only, the only time it's ever been louder is like when we played CBS. Really? Yeah. <laughs> now, I remember, dude, the whole stadium would be freaking shaking when we played them. And, yeah, I, every every game we had was always packed. Like, I definitely always gave credit to our fans, and um, they would they would sell that thing out. So, fucking. By the way, for, for those of you tuning in, if, if you don't know why uh, Travis used the word TDS, that is Team Down South, and which means BYU, which means it sounds like he's still yeah, not using the letters BYU. I don't, ever say, I don't ever say the other the other terms, though. Yeah, and there's also some other people who don't either. Yeah, I'm going to be saying TDS for the rest we're, of my life. Were you guys uh, – what, what were you guys' thoughts? Because, you know, going into that year, we knew that that, that uh, series was against – going to take a hiatus you guys already didn't play in the, the year before because of that home and home with uh, Michigan but at that time I mean yeah you guys ended up playing BYU later on but you guys didn't know that until after the season so what were your thoughts of not playing BYU and rather playing Michigan it was probably a good break for them because they're probably tired of like, whooping on them every every year so <laughs> if anything it was, it was a break for them yeah Kenneth Scott I, I think- I think the players would take Michigan over BYU every year. And I don't, I'm not just saying that to try and offend BYU. I, I just think it's a big game. And I think if, if it was Michigan, Clemson, 
Bama, Ohio State, you know, like the top of the top in college football. I think Utah would take those teams over BYU every year. It's a bigger game. Yeah, it's ah, it's tough. It's tough because you got people that are from Utah, you know, and that's like, for me, it's like USC versus UCLA. Like, some people from Utah, hey, that, that BYU game is like, their championship, like, no matter if we play, shoot, USC or Michigan. So, I think it's like, yeah, it's both, you know. But for me, I'm, I'm taking Michigan. I'm, I'm taking Michigan. Yeah, every, I'll know? take Michigan every single day of the week. But there's nothing like the, the rivalry game. It'd be funner if it was more challenging. But, you know. yeah, it would be way more fun if it was more challenging. Yeah. I, agree I mean, I, was, I know me and Case Khan, Tom can attest to this. Like, obviously, growing up outside of Utah, we didn't realize – how big the rivalry was until we actually got here. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, like playing in that game and like experiencing that, like it's it's definitely a different game than most games. But um, it was definitely it was cool to change it up and obviously play play a team like Michigan because um, that was that was an awesome experience, especially going out there and playing out there in Michigan. So I I don't know why we can't play Michigan and BYU in the same non conference. I know it's hard. Mm-hmm. It's true an emotional game the BYU game and it's physical for some you know not not for me but uh I I don't know why we can't play Michigan and BYU in in the same non-conference schedule but coach Witt uh seems to his philosophy is it's it's BYU or a power five team and then you know a group of five and then an F what is it F C F and BF whatever it is um but I'd like to see it go Friday Michigan, BYU, and then, I don't know, Weaver State or something. Time out. I'm sorry. Time for FBF. <laughs> I don't know what the FBS. FBS. Football F-B-F. Bowl Subdivision or something like that. <laughs> All I know is that that is not FCS is what Weaver State, Southern Utah, the big sky is in. And that was what your guys' C-level game. If you guys are going off of what uh, Dr. Chris Hill, his scheduling uh, strategy. Now, moving forward, and I'm really excited about this game because um, something a little bit personal, and Tom knows this. I ended up telling uh, Kenneth Scott before hopping onto this. So when you guys played Oregon up at Autzen Stadium, they, they were ranked top 15. You guys were ranked number 18 going up there. Pretty good team in Oregon. What happened on that day, that was the very first day of my son's life. And so his first college football game was watching you guys smash Oregon. Mm. So I want to turn into that game. Trev, the real truth behind that story is your wife was in the midst of labor giving birth, (laughs) watching the game, and not by her side, man. I was by her side while I was watching the TV. But no, no, he was he was actually born at like midnight Saturday. And so it was like 12, you know, whenever the game was, it was, you know, obviously later at night. But just talk about that game going in. Isaac, I want to start with you going into that game, two top top 20 teams. Um, obviously, you guys were on the road. What were you guys' thoughts going into that Oregon game? Um, Dan, dude, I, I knew we were going to win that game from the start of our pregame warmups. And I've said that before. But I don't think I've played in another game like that since that game, just because I knew from the minute we got off the bus to how the locker room was, to just our, our uh, U-formation stretch. They played that one uh, – remember that one song they played? 
You remember what song I'm talking about? Dun, 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 oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that was probably the worst decision that that stadium decided to do because everybody was kind of just vibing mellow. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it was just that, like, that focus and everybody was just trying to get there in the right mindset. But when that song came on, everybody looked at each other. Then we did the Utah Mealy. It was over, man. Like, that song came on and then you could see it. Oh, yes. ice, and we were gonna, it was over, you know. And um, just from the jump, man, that was... It was crazy, and Travis went off that. That was me. That, 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 was, that was the Heisman. Uh, remember, they was uh, giving Travis the Heisman nod stuff. Yeah. Uh, before that game, so I was like, "Oh, that's gonna be lit." Man, that yeah, with just just everything everything leading up to that game, and that's when Coach Witt told us that's when we uh, he said that we were we weren't giant players anymore, and we were we were the Giants, and that was uh, yeah. that was that was huge, man. That was a fun time. I, I contribute everything to the Travis Heisman thing because ever since then, I, before that game, I remember Coach Rod coming and was like, we're going to throw the ball a lot this game. I said, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I, contribute, I contributed all of the, the Heisman thing because I think we were trying to boost up uh, Travis. Really, and that boy came out. Hey, I watched that game. I said, God dang, Travis. That boy, man. Travis went off, man. Hey, off. You, you well, know, and then- he went off. If you well, if you sit out the rest of the game, if you only play three quarters in the game against Oregon, against Oregon, only three quarters, not even the full three quarters. Travis only played two in two minutes of a quarter. Yeah. If you play that much, that, come on, man, that's legendary. Like against Oregon, come on, man. So Travis, you were obviously filling it, and it obviously seemed like you guys opened up the playbook as well because you know Devontae Booker throwing to Britton Covey, Caleb Rep was getting involved, Kenneth Scott was getting involved. It seemed like you were you were just throwing darts. Yeah, honestly, like. I think everything was just clicking that game. It just, it felt so good. And obviously that was, um, that was my game back after I hurt my shoulder because I didn't play in the Fresno State game. Um, So that was the game I actually came back and I had to get a shot on my shoulder before the game. So what a lot of people don't know is my shoulder was like, I barely had control of like my left shoulder. Like my shoulder was completely numb. Um, It's funny, you could actually see like in, and going back and watching the game um, early on in the game when I was running and stuff like that, my, my arm is actually like hitting, hitting my back because I couldn't really control it. Um, but yeah, I, like I said, everything was just clicking that game. Like we we're, um, I remember we were, I was just throwing fades up to case guy. I remember we ran like the same play twice in a row and I was like, Hey, I'm going back to him again. So um yeah, so we like like I said, we were just we had a good game plan going into that game, and um, we knew um, how we wanted to attack them, and um, I knew um, kind of where to where to put the ball, and uh, you know what guys to go after. So, like I said, everything was just clicking, and um, we're we we're able to really open up the playbook, which I really liked, and um, definitely had a, a a great impact on the game. I remember I remember asking Trav. Trav, Isaac, and, and myself all lived together. I remember asking Trav that week, I was like, how are we going to do this week against Oregon? And and this is like the only time Travis has really ever said this, but he's like, I think we're going to kill him. And I was like, what? Really? <laughs> In Eugene, we're going to kill him? And, he's like, and I'm like, well, okay, explain, please. And he went on to say, and K. Scott, you can talk about this too, they uh, their DBs were like all freshmen or true yeah. freshmen, right? And that played a big part. Yeah, 
And that, that's another key. They was talking about uh, when Coach Stubblefield came into the office, well, in our meeting room, he was like, all right, this is going to be uh, this is going to be one of those games. It's, it's how our wide receivers are going to do against their DBs. And K. Scott, I don't know about you, but you're going to get some some lower, uh, not lower level, but you know, guys that are not as experienced as you. And so we're going to see how it is. The, the game is going to be up to you guys and you guys' hands. And I was like, okay, so we kind of took that challenge. Like, All right, it sounds good. Let's get in this work. And so yeah, yeah that was a job. Yeah, they like. They were, yeah, they definitely had some injuries and stuff going into that game. And like I said, our game plan was to attack that and go after that. And like I said, we, we took full advantage of that. So we, we knew where the opportunities were going to be. And, um, you know, we, we made plays. And like I said, it just was clicking and the whole playbook was open at that point. So who was that quarterback? What was his name? Vernon, uh, Vernon Adams. Vernon Adams. Yeah, Vernon Adams. Yep. The, he, uh, he was the, the uh, transfer, I think, from what Eastern Washington. Washington. Yeah. 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 He stunk it up that game, huh? <laughs> <laughs> it looked like the whole Oregon team did. Yeah. All, all credit to our defense, too. Our defense freaking lit him up. And he, he, um, he ended up having to leave the game because he just yeah. um, ended up getting hurt or whatever. So, like I said, all credit to our defense, too. Our defense played like out, and you know. Truly, like all three phases of that game, offense, defense, and special teams just were with everything. Okay, guys, we're going to have a little bit of fun here. I'm going to ask Tom Hackett to not talk during this next portion. And I'm going to literally, I'm literally going to turn this over to Isaac, Kenneth Scott, and Travis Wilson. Um, uh, We're going to have a little fun here. All right. I'm pulling up a screen here. Okay. First, can you guys guess what is going to happen here in this play? Uh, he's going to run out of breath. I know that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, Tom's going, to make the most, Tom's going to make the most athletic play he's ever made in his whole entire life. Yeah. Okay. So I'm, I'm literally just going to press play. You guys break down the entire play, and I can, I can play it a couple okay. of times if you want, all right? Before, so I'm going to go ahead and let's go. Play, before you press play, pause it, pause it, pause it. Okay. Just a little backstory for the shield. Okay, those are that's Jackson Barton right there. I believe that's is that Nawa? Yeah, no, Kowski. <laughs> and then you're over here, Isaac, right? Okay, so we talked to Heva, um, and Heva said he's like, "Hey, it's there." He said, "It's there." Uh, he was telling Tom, "Oh, Tom probably probably knows, but Tom Heva was telling Tom, hey, it's there.' Told Coach Whit, it's there." And so. Apparently, Heva called it, but, I mean, I thought it was more Tom just wasn't tall enough to catch the snap, but go ahead. I'm not allowed to talk. Hey, you're not allowed to talk, Tommy. (laughs) I'll explain explain what happened after you guys get Okay, yeah, so wait, go back a little bit. Go back. Okay. So just go back at the catch because this is honestly – the most athletic play that Tom has ever made. Look at that. Tom, can you jump? Okay, Tom, I'm, I'm only going to allow you to answer this one question. Have you ever jumped this high in your life? <laughs> no. But yeah, look at that vertical. <laughs> I know. Man, I thought that guy. play alone was going to get me drafted in a dip. <laughs> <laughs> hey, real talk, though. That's crazy. This catch was actually very impressive. Okay. All right. So now then, Tom, Tom then, catches it. After this, it's just, I don't know. His running style is just <laughs> something else. 
And I'm not like, oh, Jimmy. Dude, if penguins could run, that's legit. <laughs> Look at him shut his cup. <laughs> Well, the worst part is that Tom outruns all of his blockers. Like, he was right here in front of him. He doesn't follow. He, <laughs> he almost fell off balance. Try to run him over, Tom. Okay. Something that, that uh, pointed out to me here. Tom ends up going, going past his blocks. And then no. right here, try, tries to juke the guy right here. Um, no, he I don't know. He does like this a little guy. Yeah, like Tom, whoop. Tom, did you? Okay, well, if you go to the left of Kiva, you 100% are going home. All the way to the end zone. Maybe if you're no, no, like, Tom didn't want to score. No, Tom was not a winner in this game. Look at this. Look at this hole. Go out the, oh. to the left of Hebo. Mm. No, I think 46 probably would have gotten him from the back. But. Yeah, you're right. I wish yeah. you were trying to run him over. That just let the offense come back on the field. So Okay, here's okay, what so, happened. Okay, no, Tom, go ahead. Here's what happened. Uh this was the second punt. The first punt. I'm like, man, I didn't hit that very well, and it didn't go very far. And I remember I had a punt earlier, and it went a long way. And I thought it hit the wire, the TV wire, the, the sky cam. And so I go over to Twitch, and I go, hey, I think that hit the wire. He goes, are you sure? And I'm like, yeah. And you know how he is with timeouts. And so he calls a timeout. When he calls a timeout, I just what myself, because I'm like, if that didn't hit the wire, we just wasted the timeout. And I'm Anyway, it turns out it hit the wire. He goes, okay, it hit the wire. We're going to run the fake. And anytime he says, we're running a fake, man, I am so scared. <laughs> I, I am so scared. Like, I'm like 5'11 and three quarters. Call me six foot if you want. 200 pounds. And I look up, and I got like 300 pound dudes in front of me trying to take my head off. And I tell Heva, I'm like, Heva. I need you to run as fast as you can run. <laughs> you gotta run quick. And Noah Kowski, you remember Noah Kowski? Oh dude? my, Michelin man! Spit coming out his mouth. He had like, you know, like acne all over his face. He's like, I got you. <laughs> I'm like, all right, Noah, hey. let's go, big boy. And hey. hey, Noah has a six pack now, so no way. Yeah, bro. Really? Oh yeah. The anyway, keep going. Jesus. Him and Heaven, man, they've shed some weight. But uh, I got a lot of I got a lot of uh, stick for that shimmy I tried to put on the returner. Hey, I kind of beat him though. Yeah, kind of. Uh, yeah. He did have to arm. He did have to arm tackle. Arm tackle. Yeah. I win for Tom, if you ask me. Hey, can Hold we watch on. that one more time, Trev? Yes, absolutely. We can watch it as many times as you want, Tom. Ooh. And then, all right. So what happened was hey, that's like a four three speed right there. Uh, it's really? a four nine. Ooh. <laughs> All right, now if you keep watching Jared, Jared Norris, he runs off and he whacks me. Bang! <laughs> Dude, I couldn't see for like 10 <laughs> seconds. Yeah, Tom should have been a hey. uh, contestant hey. right after that. Tom, Christian Drew, Christian Drew said that Mitch Wisnowski has a better four time, 40 time than you, but your game speed is second to none. <laughs> <laughs> I like that from Drew's, man. I owe Drew some money for that comment. That's nice of him. Mitch runs like a 4-4 or something. I ran a 4-9-1. I'm telling you, Jared Norris can fuck me up that play. Did you end up punting anymore after that? Uh, I don't know if I did. Probably oh, not. Yeah. Did oh, yeah, happen? because you, you probably lost your memory because Jared hit you in the head. Yeah. Dude, I'm telling you, I, I, I'm not kidding. I think I was concussed. <laughs> 
<laughs> and I think that's part of my problem right now. I say things without thinking about it, and I blame Jared because he knocked me out after I made a hell of a play. <laughs> okay, there's, pointing, there's pointing this out right here. Awesome. Right oh, here. I was literally. You guys probably saw a lot of this, right? Oh yeah, dude. They uh, because they had some callers on defense, man. They had uh, there was, there was a bunch of clips in that game where they just looked so defeated. It was it was the best yeah. feeling in the world. Isaac, that defensive line was nasty, man. Yeah, they had Depot. They had another big white uh, yeah, yeah, Armstrong. They had uh, Eric Arm- oh, yeah, Armstead. Yeah, that's it. Depot and Eric, Eric, Armstead. Armstead. Eric Armstead. That guy can ball. They were both like six, seven, six a.m. I'm like, yeah, Jesus. This game was my first, my first like uh, big offensive line performance game. The RO line this game, it was amazing to see them go and ball out against the kind of dudes that they had because all those guys were first rounders, man. And mm-hmm. um, our, it was so fun to play. So he catches it right there. Now, thing is, okay, as you guys are seeing, Tom not only make that catch because i'm taking it isaac kenneth scott and uh travis wilson you guys were all on the uh, sideline right as soon as you guys see that and him just taking off or what was it 33 yards tom give or take i mean that would actually be perfect because of your number but i mean travis you, you guys think you guys are done for a little oh, bit I was, I, I, honestly, I don't even think I knew that they were going to be running for cake, and then I just look up either. and Tom, Tom's freaking just. Yeah, all you hear is offense. I'm like, oh, back on. We, uh, I was on the sideline talking to Coach Harding, asking him if I could be done for the game. I was like, I don't want to play anymore. I'm done. We were winning. We won. Game. This game's over. You can put in a back because we wanted our backups, man. We want all the twos to get some reps. Like, I mean, was- check, check, check out the score. Oh yeah, I was ready to have. I was ready to have our backups go in. Like, our, who was there? Kyle Lannerman, Nowkowski. I was ready. I remember I was talking to them on talking to him on the sideline about it, and then the next thing I know, everybody's screaming on our sideline. Stand up and see what Travis described as this from the back. <laughs> it looked like this. That's why Colin McGregor got his little walk off, dog. <laughs> he needs to pay you. Because, I mean, look at this. He's, he's all just, like, strutting. I mean, look at that. As soon as he comes off the field. Oh, yeah. Tom Tom was definitely feeling himself. Oh, man. And, and you know what? Tom very well should. I mean, look at that. That was a highlight play. Like I said, that was, that was the most athletic play of Tom's career, for sure. I did say I was getting drafted on that play, man. Man, for real. You should have you should have got drafted, Tom. And then Trav and then Trav had sports center calling after the game. And I'm like watching ESPN in our basement. And I'm like, is that bloody giraffe on the I'm like, where is, I'm like looking around, like, where is this big but where is he? And he's on the phone of sports center. Let's go back. Oh yeah, I remember that. I was, yeah, I was somebody. Yeah, I was like, wow. So, would you guys say that that game right there was when Utah arrived as a real Pac-12 contender? The Hayes never in the barn. <laughs> yeah, no. Hayes never in the barn. That is Hayes never in the barn. Ever drilled in our brains. But obviously, it was it was a huge game. Like mm-hmm. Oregon has always been a tough component. You know, you hear about Oregon um, every single year being tough. And, you know, being a top contender in the Pac-12, so like it was that was a sweet victory, especially after you know junior year, um, 
or yeah, junior year when they came in, or yeah, when they came to play us, and uh, we had that little mishap on the on the goal line with uh, Kalen, but we won't get into that. Um, <laughs> we would have been up. Well, we're able to laugh about it now. Hey, yeah, obviously, yeah, we would have been up 14-0, and that would have been the first time any team has ever gone up on Oregon 14-0. But yeah, well, they had a they had a pretty good quarterback too. Yeah. I remember. I remember the very first play. The very first play, he he ran like a zone read, and yes. he kept in and ran for like sixty yards. I was like, oh boy. But so that was so having that game our senior year was it was definitely good a little revenge and um, yeah, like I said, all three phases just clicked that game. It was just it worked out so well. By the way. Oh, sorry, sorry. I do have a funny story about that uh, yeah. game when Kalen dropped it on the one-yard line. So it's me, Tim, and Kalen in the end zone. We celebrating like a mud. We didn't know the play was continuously going. And so Coach Stubblefield ran off the field, right, ran from the sideline on the way to the field. But <laughs> and I'm, we're like, Coach, what are you talking about? We can score a touchdown. Like, we over here tapping fans. Oh. I'm like, what's up? And then he come on the field like literally, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> and then, man, we just look like. I, yeah, I literally remember I was walking over to the sideline, and then I just see Oregon players running the opposite way with the football, and I'm like, Do you have the? Do you have that clip at all? I, I don't actually have that right. one. Well, I, I could probably pull it up on. No, you good. I remember running. running from you don't the, want to Trav throws a bomb of a dime, and I, I dab Trav, and I'm like slow, fat man jogging down the end zone, celebrating. And then they start running toward us. Like the guy who picked the ball up starts running toward me, and I'm like, like I much past and go like this, and I just keep running towards the end zone. Turn around, and then they blow the whistle, touchdown on the other end, and I was like, yeah, I, I didn't even understand that moment at all. But that I got in so much trouble at film that day, the next day. Me too. I couldn't hear anything. The crowd was going nuts. Okay, so then you guys then move up into the rankings. You guys go from 18 mm-hmm. going into that Oregon game. You guys shoot all the way up to number five in the entire country. Then you guys have college game day coming to town, which I think only happened, I think, two other times in Utah history. Um, to where yeah, they, they like, come to, to Salt Lake? Yeah, the last time was like, what, 2000? I think it was, like BYU, BYU, right? uh, it was either the TCU game or the BYU. Oh, TCU. I remember yeah, I was yeah, we don't the sideline on Christmas yeah. in that game. That was the most, yeah. I was, bro, I, that was crazy. Yeah, that game sucked. Well, yeah, we're, we're not, we're not going to talk about that memory yet. We're, we're going to pour some salt in the wound here in just a few minutes. But first, I want to talk about the Cal game. Jared Goff. Goes on to be the number one pick in the draft. You guys are hosting Cal, who's ranked number 23 at the time. Um, Jared Goff threw what, like five picks Six. in the first half? Six picks. Six. Yeah. Five of them were what in the, the first half. So, Travis, when we talk about the USC game coming up, your game on that won't have anything <laughs> on, on Jared Goff's game against you guys, right? Yeah. So, just going into that game, all of that hype with, with college game day. By the way, what is it like getting ready for a game when college game day is in town? Business as usual. Really? Yeah. Business as usual. You guys can tell me now. You guys aren't, you know, on the the team. You guys can tell me 
the real feeling? Was there any extra nerves? Was it, I mean, what was it? Like, I don't, I don't really think there's really any extra nerves. Just, like, just more the, excitement. Yeah, it was more excitement. It was like, obviously, it was, a, it was an awesome uh, opportunity. And um, it's, it was an awesome experience to be part of, you know, college game day. You know, you grow up watching college game day every Saturday morning and stuff like that. So it was, it was cool to see, like, our team on there. And, um, you know, we worked hard for it. And we definitely earned to be, to be that game. So it was, like I said, just an awesome opportunity. And, you know, we wanted to take advantage of that. And that's why, that's why in the beginning I said, man, everything's just panning out. Like, first the drive going for CS, and then we beat Michigan, then we're going to beat uh, Oregon, then this college game. Then I'm like, oh, shoot, this is going to be crazy this it year. Was, so, man. It was lit, man. It was fun. And then you guys go on uh, to, to uh, be ranked number four in the, the country, and then you guys take on the Arizona State Sun Devils. You guys won 34-18 to 18 at home which it was against a team you guys have, have struggled with since since joining the Pac-12. So it was probably good to get a win over the Sun Devils. What's that? What's that blitz? They always run, bro, and they run two off the edge. What's that called, Drive? Smack? Yeah, smack. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because I don't think while we were there, I don't think we had beaten Arizona State until uh, our senior year. So, I don't think so. Either. So... That was obviously a big game as well, too. Going back to uh, Cal quickly, I heard a story. Uh, I guess Jared Goff came and found Coach Scally, the D coordinator, uh, and after the game and was like, hey, what defense were you guys running? Because he couldn't figure it out, right? He threw six picks. And I guess Utah, and I kind of wish we had someone on the defensive side of the ball, but I guess Utah was just running cover two. And and Jared Goff couldn't figure it out. I was like, "What?" Like mind blowing. The other team in the league, man, to run a cover two and to get six picks off of him. Yeah, we had some baller, bro. Damo, I cover two. Yeah, Reggie. I mean, I was I was friends with Jared in like college and stuff, and then obviously I spent a little time with them when I was with on the Rams as well. So yeah. Um, I definitely like bringing up that mo- that that moment. So just you know, just to have a little, just have a little mm-hmm. edge over him. So. Well, and then someone who ends up having an edge over you is the the game we're going to go to next. When you guys were ranked number three in the entire country, Cameron Smith and the USC Trojans. Uh, um, we're going to start with uh, Kenneth Scott here. Obviously, <laughs> the college football world's looking at you guys, number three in the entire country, going o- over to USC at the Coliseum. Where Utah hasn't played well since since joining the Pac-12. I mean, obviously they they do pretty well at home against USC, but just going into that game, were you guys feeling pretty good about yourselves? Man, I know I was. I was like, okay, this this man, we number three. We about to. I thought I, I thought we was gonna win that game. I mean, we didn't. We was like, what was the first quarter score about fourteen? Uh, for what was it? What was the I can tell you here in a minute. I was feeling good for the most part of the game. I was like, okay, we're still in here. You, know, you guys were up by one one touchdown, 14 yeah, to 7. I was, I was feeling good. With Brittany uh, You went loose. A uh, 30-yard touchdown catch from Travis in that, yeah. in that first quarter. I was feeling good. I thought we were going to really win that game. And, uh, and then after that, it was just like a blur to me. <laughs> so, Isaac, what, what happened in that game? I mean, you guys had all the hype coming in surrounding you. The Trojans weren't ranked. I remember, right. I remember in the locker room before that game, and, and Coach E was walking around, Elthio. He's walking around and just being like, you guys get to go home today after this game and tell your kids that you 
you you beat USC in the Coliseum. Like that is a that is a big deal. Like that is a legendary stadium. USC is a legendary team, and I remember just being so hyped. That, and I I had a hundred percent belief that we were gonna ball out and win that game, man. But it just it all declined, and I don't name Trav at all. I know I know he'll talk about that too, but just it was one of those things that. Um, in my honest opinion of the 2015 season, our biggest downfall was the hype that we, we just couldn't handle it. We didn't handle it the right way. Um, there was so much hype at, and it was every week the hype got bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, and I think our confidence was, re- re- was replaced by um, not necessarily cocky, but just the fact that we um, kind of lost sight of why we were having so much success. And then, um, Sadly, that game, when things were going bad, a lot of it, it was, um, without saying names, everybody just kind of turned on each other. I mean, everybody was just kind of at each other's throats and being like, well, why aren't you guys doing this? Why aren't you doing that? Um, and it kind of unraveled from there. But there, was, there was just so many different things that, that happened. And um, it wasn't just one thing, you know. Uh, I said Travis talked about it here, but it wasn't Travis's interceptions. It was just... There was so much adversity that we weren't used to. Mm-hmm. We hadn't seen all season that we didn't know how to react to it. Um, especially from an old line point, I think Bob got sacked like eight or nine times. So. Well, and you know, for Travis too to have to get sacked that many times, he, he's a guy who, who's very mobile, who's able to use his feet, and you know, so kind of like of what Tyler Huntley's done uh, lately at, at Utah, where he's able to get out of the pocket and. And you know, avoid sacks. Travis was able to do that too, and able to run. He was just a lot taller than than yeah. Tyler Huntley. But yeah. but Travis, you know, going in that game, obviously, I'm, I'm I'm only messing with you. You know, it's five years later. We can we can joke about it now. But going into that game, you were obviously having a really good year. What was going on uh, in that game going into the Coliseum? Yeah, I mean, honestly, like we were out, like we were having good. I was playing well and stuff like that. And, um, you know, I just, I think I, I definitely tried to force the ball, um, a few too many times and, um, you know, tried to make more, more plays than, um, more, you know, out of, out of character plays than I should have. And, you know, at the end of the day, like till the day I die, I will take full responsibility for, you know, how I played that game and, and the outcome of that game as well too. Um, I, I will always own up to that and I'll always, uh, you know, be a man of my word. And, um, and I, I can see, or I can own that. I, I did not play well that game and, um, and it's unfortunate and, um, obviously made, made some bad mistakes throwing the ball as well. And, um, ended up throwing it to this freaking same guy on their team a few times. So, uh, <laughs> But yeah, I mean, yeah, at the end of the day, you know, I just, um, like I said, just tried to make too many plays, you know, outside of um, what I should have just been doing. And, and like I said, I, I always own up to that and I always take full responsibility for that because, um, you know, as a quarterback, that's that's your job to um, be a man and, um, you know, be the leader of that offense. And, you know, as a quarterback, the ball's in your hand every single play. So it's, it's your job to be smart with it and take care of it. And, um, and, you know, that game, I just wasn't able to take care of the football. And, you know, you, you know like Coach Will was always saying, you know, you're not going to win a lot of games if you don't win the turnover margin. So, um, and that was a big, that was a big um, part of that game. So. 
I uh, I remember a few days before the game, they came out with the USC favored, and I remember the locker room. I mean, that was basically what everybody was talking about. And at first, I was quite irritated, but then I thought it was going to work in our advantage, you know, because I did feel like the team was starting to get a, a bit away from itself, maybe lose some of the concentration we had earlier in the season. But then when we weren't favoured, despite being number three in the country, you know, I thought that was enough. I thought that was all the motivation we needed. Um, there's something about that stadium, I'm telling you. And what Isaac said, I mean, the, on the sideline a lot, so I can talk <laughs> about what happened on the sideline. I mean, it was straight panic mode. You know, that... There, there weren't very many cooks on that sideline. It was, it was chaotic, and that was the first time that entire year that I had seen it like that, and that was concerning. And it was pretty early on too, when things started not going our way early in that first quarter. You could tell there was this eeriness about the Utah sideline, and it wasn't fun. You guys go on to be Oregon State and Washington, mm-hmm. and then you lose two games that you probably could have won, you know, you guys lost in double overtime down in Tucson against yeah. the Wildcats. And then uh, you lost by eight points at home against UCLA. Uh, what, was, what was kind of behind those, those two losses? I mean, I know the one in double overtime was, was tough. It, it came down to the wire. Um, but Kenneth Scott, talk about how was the team feeling after those two losses? I, for me, I was like, you can't be serious. Like, we go from, shoot, number three to now we're fighting for the Pac-12 South, like, to be representatives of it. I'm like, what in the world? Like, what did this come to? And so I was like, dang. So for me, just thinking about those moments, I was like, okay, how, how are we going to be able to regroup and get this thing right back into, you know, our control? Like, it's been, shoot, this whole season. And so I wanted to win that Arizona game so bad because I don't think we'd be Arizona – since my red shirt freshman year up in Tucson when they had Nick Foles and uh yeah when they had was it Nick Foles at their quarterback at that time my red shirt freshman year when we played at Tucson I think Foles was a little bit earlier I'm not 100 so, sure. so it was uh some of it was another must have been another quarterback then it was a prominent quarterback that went to the NFL mm-hmm. but uh I think that was the last time my red shirt freshman year when we went nuts and then then we went to UCLA and then we lost to UCLA I was like what in the world uh, and it was just well, no, no, that UCLA game was BS. All right, because there was one play that would have changed everything. I'm gonna was that the uh, block in the back? Yes, I looked at it like, hold on, he missed the block, and that pissed me off because you know me, I that's my that's like fifty some yards, that's a touchdown off my stat record. Like I damn near have more PIs than touchdowns. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, like let me get this, like. Let me get this. I need this stat. Like, but I think that that call kind of shifted a little bit. That, that was bogus. I mean, we didn't end up scoring a touchdown on that drive. I don't think. But, uh, but yeah, man. I, man, those those moments was crazy. The both of those losses, because now you go from you go from uh, you go from you know going to the top to now you fighting for a Pac-12 South spot. So that's crazy. We're gonna skip over the uh, Colorado game because you guys won that that game now. You guys finish the the regular season nine and three, and then you guys find out that BYU or TDS, as Travis likes to call it, um, you guys are playing them in the Las Vegas Bowl. So for a team that had nine wins, you guys were ranked number three. 
but then end up getting to the point where only, with only three losses, you draw BYU in the Las Vegas Bowl. Uh, Tom Hackett, I'm going to start with you on this one. Your initial thoughts when you guys found out you guys are going to be playing BYU in the Las Vegas Bowl. I will never forget the team meeting uh, when we were all in there. Uh, we had already found out that we were playing BYU, I believe. They announced it earlier that day or the, the day and it was just, it was such a weird feeling and, and the team was so aggravated, but nobody was really willing to on it because you kind of got to be careful. Coach Witt, you know, he takes everything seriously, but you could, it was like one of the only times I could tell Coach Witt was so aggravated by the, the bowl matchup. And, uh, and I remember in special teams meeting, before we went down to Vegas, the specialists got together and played a prank on Coach Witt, and it was one of the funnier things I can remember up there at Utah. But we told him that he had a lunch. He had a lunch scheduled. It was in uh, one of the local newspapers that we read that he and uh, his wife, Jamie, had to go have lunch with uh, Bronco and his wife. Uh, and, uh, and it was at Caesar and, and it was a, a public lunch and they were going to be on a podium and the media was invited and they were going to be able to take photos and, and ask questions at the end of it. And when we told him that he's like, he's like I haven't heard about, I have not heard about this I heard about it. And he was so angry. His face went red and, uh, boy, we started laughing our head messing with him. We told him coach we're joking. He's like, okay, good. But. For a minute there, we, we were dying laughing. What? Him and Bronco didn't get along that well. And so, uh, boy, that was funny. That kind of made it all worth it for me. But I know the whole coaching staff. I know the entire playing group, everybody involved in the program. Really irritated. It was the second year in a row we went back to Las Vegas. Uh, uh, we, we won nine games. We didn't end as well as we would have liked. But I, I we were, you know, I think we were holiday bowl bound, Alamo bowl bound. I mean, I just think if you look at the Vegas bowl ranks in the list of Pac-12 bowl games, I mean, I think if I if it's I'm like sixth, second to second to last or something, it's down there. And Sun Bowl, you, I believe, is the last one. I would rather even, go to than go to the Sun Bowl. Uh, yeah, granted, granted, I'd rather go to Vegas than the Sun Bowl, but um, it was disappointing. But I mean, it was a full stadium, and that was kind of cool. And it was BYU. I mean, like, it wasn't the end of the world. I just would have liked a different experience. Um, you know, Travis and I started in 2012. We ended in 2015. We got two bowl games, and we got two Las Vegas bowl rings that uh, I think, well, I donated to the dump. <laughs> you threw yours away? I don't know where they are. Yeah, mine are collecting dust. Yeah, mine's in the storage. I remember. I don't even know mine are. I remember. Uh, finding out that we were going to go to the Vegas Bowl. Because I remember we were supposed to go. What bowl were we supposed to go to? I don't know if you talked about that or, or not. Like, it was like. Was it the one in California? Yeah. No, I, I think we're, we should have went to the Holiday Bowl. Day oh, same day. Yeah, that's what it was. I honestly think that we got screwed over because it was basically like, well, BYU is going to go to the Vegas Bowl. We might as well try to get Utah to the Vegas Bowl. So let's take the other team to the other bowl games, and we'll take Utah to the Vegas Bowl to play BYU. And yeah, I, I think two big factors played into like us going to that Vegas Bowl. It was one, I think they wanted to see the rivalry game happen, and two, they knew our fans would travel to the game because it was 
decently close. So it's all money. Yeah. So they knew fans were going to come to the game. It was they knew it was going to be a big game. So I think those kind of two factors definitely played heavily into that decision too. But it was regardless of not being able to go to a better game, a bowl game, that was still one of the funnest bowl games I've ever been to. Just because one, it's Vegas, it's against BYU, and we smoked them. So, well, you guys were smoking them until BYU came back. <laughs> I don't care if they came back or not. We smoked them. We won. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, it still says a, it still says a W on the on the stack. It does. I'm looking at it right now. You guys, you guys probably know what happened in that pep rally when uh, your boy Tom Hackett went up on that stage and uh, said some. Huh? Can I tell that story? Absolutely. Floor is yours. I was not meant to go up on that stage. Really? Nobody trusted me with that microphone. Do you think we trust Tom to go up and talk for the team? <laughs> no, I don't what happened? That, Andy, Andy was going up because you know Andy he loves the bloody attention. And he's like, Tom, can you come? Can you come with me? I'm like, Andy, I'll come, but I ain't talking, man. He's like, anyway, so we get there and it's double filled. RIP coach stop. Where's <laughs> and, still alive, uh, I think. And it's Andy. <laughs> I know. I'm just teasing. He's, he's doing but um, we play a game of horse with a, a, a water bottle, an empty water bottle and a trash can. And Andy's like, if I beat you, you got to come up and say something. If you win, you don't have to. And anyway, I tried to go full Joe Ingles on it. I ended up going full Dante Exum, and I couldn't take a bucket. And uh, and I had to go up there. And so I didn't have anything prepared, man. I mean, it was like I had like two minutes to come up with something to say, and that was as good as it got for me. So, and it was good. Well, moral of the story, don't put Tom on the spot. Don't do yeah. it. So, so, Travis, Isaac, Kenneth, when you guys saw that, and you guys saw Tom say what he said about BYU. Obviously, it fired up the crowd. It fired mm-hmm. up the team. What were you guys' thoughts when when uh, Tom said those uh, those wonderful words to BYU? Hey, can you, can you relay it back? Can you, uh, Tom? I don't know if I can or should. Um, Dude, I, I'm gonna let Tom. I was so nervous. Can we watch a clip? On the, home, on the car ride home, I remember like sweating and being like, I sweat a lot. And Andy's like, I'm like Andy, am I? Is, like, I wasn't even scared of wit. I was scared of Rudy, man. I thought oh. big Rudy was going to take oh. my head off. And I get back to the hotel, and Rudy's dying laughing when he sees me, and Coach Wit's with him, and I just give Coach Wit a bone and go right back to my room. <laughs> so Coach Wit was all right with it? He was fine with it. I think it was because it was a rivalry. That's why it wasn't that big of a deal. Yeah. I mean, I thought it was the coolest thing Ever anything you can say to disrespect that school is, and I'd take it any day of the week. And by the way, Tom's message to BYU in, the, in that pep rally is now the name of the podcast he hosts. It's Utah's World. Um, the only thing that isn't on there, and BYU's living in it, um, is the only thing that, that really isn't in there. But uh, I, I will say, you guys went up 35 nothing on him. I mean, Travis, was this I, – I mean, I know a lot of it came off, off a turnover. Actually, all of them came off a turnover, so you had short field every single possession in that first quarter. But when you guys go up 35 nothing, are you having that feeling of Oregon all over again? Uh, yeah, like I said, uh, we were, defense was playing great. The defense was getting the ball back for us, and uh, we were making good plays on offense and everything like that. And, um, and, yeah, we definitely had that mindset over again. I think that's 
that's when we got a little complacent and um, kind of got a little reserved. And I mean, obviously it clearly showed because they started to come back and stuff and um, had to freaking uh, pretty much make up for it at the end. Um, but, you know, we, we, I, I personally felt like we kind of let it off the gas a little bit and that was frustrating and, um, and that it gave them a chance to come back a little bit. It went from feeling like an Oregon game to Oregon game. Yeah, I was nervous because I I wasn't even planning on playing that game. Well, because I was injured after the Colorado game until they stuck a, a big old long needle about the size of this. Uh, my camera's all messed up, but like this, <laughs> like and it allowed me to play. You know, you take something so strong, you got to sign off for it. That's what I. <laughs> I, I, I could start. I blitz the league, bro. Yeah, man, I couldn't feel my toes. I said, dang, it was the craziest, most wonderful feeling I've ever felt in my life. <laughs> I couldn't feel nothing. I felt, I felt like, literally, I felt like a real-life superhero. Like, I couldn't feel anything. And so, I'm like, okay. So, going through the game, I'm like, man, I just want to get through it. To be honest, just to get through with the game. So, when we was winning by a lot, I said, good, good. Now, I can just chill. Like, And then, when they start coming back, I said, holy oh, oh, shoot, what's going on here? And so I think it, it made it good, man. It was a good little memorable moment. Travis, you you mentioned prior to hopping on here that uh, you you had a, a little story from that Vegas Bowl. It was like the day before. Yeah, no, it was actually the night before. I don't know. Maybe it's a little, a little uh, TDS or a little, I have a little conspiracy theory about it. But so uh, me and Connor Manning, um, one of the backup QBs, we were rooming together. And we actually get woken up at like two in the morning from a phone call. This dead, dead true story. Um, and I get the room above our room at the hotel. Their shower was actually leaking and it leaked into our shower. And so we actually had to pack up all of our stuff out of our room at like two in the morning and move to a different room. And I remember we were like half asleep and um, didn't know like what was going on and um, I don't know. I don't know if that was a little, little doing on TDS's part, but of course, of course, something like this would happen the night before we play a rivalry game. So, um, but full on, it was just we get woken up at two in the morning. We had to switch rooms. I had to do all that, and it was it was a weird, weird timing. That is very weird timing, um, especially for the uh, quarterbacks room. Yeah, exactly. I kind of want to just end on this. There's a two questions I want to ask you guys, and then we'll I'll, I'll cut you guys loose. And you guys have been very gracious with your time, and I really appreciate it. Um, thoughts on 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 the uh, 2020 Utah football team? We know it's going to be conference only, 10 game schedule, but they had a really good year last year. Could have potentially gone to the college football playoff, and they lose a lot of guys from last year. But thoughts on on this year's Utah football team? Is it's a really young team? Isaac, we'll start with you. Um, I honestly think Utah's at either at that point or just about at that point where they just reload. I mean, I know they have a lot of young guys, but the young guys that they're getting now are, are better than the young guys than when I was coming in. I mean, even when I came in, it was a select few. You know what I mean? And I feel like the, the, the type of talent that Utah is attracting now with um, how well they've been doing, those guys that are young now are better than some of the two, three-year guys we had back on, back in the day. Um, it's just more experience and trying to get figure out the playbook. But uh, the coaching staff up there, they they know what they're doing. Um, 
I think it'll be, I think it'll be fine. Uh, obviously, there'll be growing pains because the experience and the speed of play is different. But um, like I said, Utah's attracting far and better talent than they were, you know, ten years ago when I first got there. That's right. crazy. You say ten years ago because ten years ago I was a freshman. That's yeah. crazy. That's crazy. To think Time flies, guys. God, duh. I still remember the, my freshman year when Travis had came. Well, my redshirt freshman year when Travis had came and it just came. Yeah, I'm with you. Travis came and visited us in practice. Oh, damn. Yeah. All no, right, I mean, Scott, I, th thoughts on this uh, 2020 team? Oh, I, I agree with Isaac, man. It's crazy. You know, the we have a lot of a lot of talent. And it, to me, I like it's always been. It's just a matter of how we're going to utilize it. We can have all the talent in the world, but if we ain't going to utilize it, what's, what's the purpose of them? And so um, I just think that if we, if we align, you know, our, our schemes and our playbooks and our plays with, you know, with our talent, you know, the sky's the limit for what we can do, to be honest with you. We have the talent. Now let's just go ahead and, and utilize them in the correct way to maximize uh, their abilities to get us to where we need to be. And so I can't complain about what we have. You know, we have a great group of guys, so let's utilize them. Travis played with uh, somebody who, who's currently on that team, what was thrown to him, uh, Britton Covey. Um, he's obviously going to be a leader this year, but they're also having to find a new quarterback after Tyler Huntley graduated. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I definitely know there's, there's some good guys there right now, you know, competing for the spot and everything like that. And, um, you know, I hope, um, I hope they have a good, you know, I hope the quarterbacks have a good relationship. Like I said, I mean, I like with me and Kendall Thompson, like me and him, obviously, we both wanted to play and I ended up getting the spot, but that, that never, uh, put like a damper on mine and Kendall's relationship. We always had a good relationship. We always helped each other out. Um, we were always there for each other. So, um, I hope that can be the same for, for these quarterbacks going through that process. And, um, you know, I hope, um, whoever the starting quarterback is, you know, um, I hope they can, um, ride with him and have faith with him that he's going to get the job done and, um, you know, that definitely plays a big part in, um, you know, the confidence that the quarterback has and everything like that. So, um, like I said, I, hope, um, I'm, I know the quarterback will rise out of this um, situation. And, um, you know, I'm excited to see who it is. And, um, you know, it's next man up and you got to step up and uh, be that leader of that team. So, I'm, like I said, I'm excited to um, – see what happens there and um you know i i think a big thing too i uh, i think utah has definitely solidified themselves as being a team to uh force to be reckoned with in the pac-12 you know we always took pride in um you know being the most physical team out there you know there was always times head coaches would come up after the game and you know we're always just would always call my on how physical we were and you know how um you know we played we played Till that till that final whistle. So um, I hope that that trend continues, and um, I'm hoping I'm hoping they'll have a season this year. We'll we'll see what happens with everything. Obviously, it's it's a weird time right now um, with everything going on. But you know, I'm I'm hope I'm hoping the players are staying healthy and, and coaches are staying healthy, and I hope uh, they can um, you know have a healthy season and have a season at the end of the day. Tom, you, you know a lot about the team as well, having covered them right now uh, for us over at kslsports.com. And it's, it's going to be a very different season, just not only playing conference only, but with, with, all, with obviously a new faces. Obviously, the specialists are back, which is a good thing. Still a lot of new faces. 
Lot of new faces. I think the uh, strength of the team right now lies on the receivers. I, it's going to be fun to watch them play after play, hopefully, and um, and, and carry a lot of that load, which which I'm excited for for, for Utah to sling it around. Uh, but they're young, and and everybody knows that they're young, and so I think anytime you have an inexperienced group, you're going to rely on on a few more lucky breaks than maybe what you would rely on with with a more senior driven group. Uh, they're going to need some breaks. There's no doubt about it. They're inexperienced and they'll get better as the season goes. But a fast start and a strong start, you know, that take a long way. And, and the, the schedule that was announced last week, if I'm not mistaken, I think it's favourable. And I think there's a chance Utah go 5-0 and or 4-1. Or and one. Um, But regardless, you know, confidence is, is kind of a wild thing in college football with these young um, the momentum you can gain, uh, it's quite powerful. So I'm, I'm certainly optimistic, but there's no doubt that they're young and it's going to be fascinating to see them see them grow throughout the course of the season. Oh, real quick, uh, Tom, what is it like interviewing the coaches now, being a former player of theirs? Like, what is it like? It's weird, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's really weird because um, i got to be really careful with, like the information I'm given, I think early on I would receive information and I'd just share the information with everybody. And then I'd get a call from Rudy and have to go into the office and explain myself to coach Witt. And I'm like, your horses, I'm not a player anymore. I shouldn't have to apologize to, even though I made a mistake. So nowadays, or, you know, Trevor's, Trevor's kind of the Utah insider and I let him do his thing and I help out here and there, but it's it's weird, man. I mean, it's fun. Don't get me wrong, but I got to put a professional face on, and then when the interview's done, uh, I kind of share some laughs and hang out. But uh, it's not as cool as I thought it was going to be. I'll... <laughs> <laughs> yes, what about like, coming over to the media side of it? Coming over to the uh, dark side, Tom? Yeah, I, it's yeah. fun. It's not as fun as I thought it was going. to it is like interviewing players like, hey, how was the game? Man, you know how the game was. <laughs> <laughs> it was complete butt. Like, that's... <laughs> exactly. All right. Final thing, and we're going to uh, end on this. The uh, Pac-12 student-athletes came out with some uh, demands for the conference, and it's starting to spread, you know, college football-wide with the uh, Big Ten has a movement. The Mountain West just announced a movement. Um, they're, they're wanting demands for their conference, including half of the uh, conference revenue, health, health and safety protocols, scholarship stuff. Um, I'm sure you guys have already seen those, those listed mm-hmm. demands, but uh, just talk about your overall thoughts on it. I mean, you guys can go in whatever direction you would like. Isaac, I want to start with you on this as a guy who's been a leader for this team and mm-hmm. um, just seeing this, this type of movement. Um, I, think, I think a lot of the things on their demands are great. Um, at the same time, there's just a, a whole bunch of different spectrum of things where it's like, they kind of, it's give and take. Like, you can't have 50% of the revenue. That's my personal opinion. You take away from other sports. Really but then, at the same time, I understand they're just trying to get paid. I never was an advocate for players to get paid. Um, make money off your life, for sure. But mine was, I, I just wanted more money for to live every month. I mean, after after paying rent, and even when I was married, we probably had like two, three hundred bucks. Like, and then you had to pay rent. even even in the early days, like when case offers came in and I came in after, like it was like, all right, well, do I want to have 
my bills paid this month or do I want to have food for the rest of the month? You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Like that's, that's where, where I come from, from a perspective of, of pay. Um, when it comes to social uh, equality, racial equality, I'm all for it. Like those are things that they, they shouldn't even have to fight for those things. You know what I mean? And um, the fact that they feel that they need to is a problem. Um, I, I think that those things need to be um, addressed first and foremost, but there's just a bunch of things where if you're going to, like what happened in Washington State, uh, with those players, they got booted from the team for being a part of that. And all those guys who got booted were, were threatening to not play the season. And, um, but now they're upset that they got booted. I mean, from a coach's standpoint, I see things that if you're not going to be here for the team, then I get it, then you got to go. But from a player's standpoint, um, I understand what they're fighting for. It's hard for me to, to really say, you know, exactly what when I – Feel on on the on the uh, the whole demands and and their what they're wanting. Um, I always the athlete before everybody else because I get how that feels. But there's a lot of different things in the demands that uh, it's not realistic to happen. Uh, what that guy uh, Fatherham, his dad tweeted out yeah. Yeah, an amazing thread and just expounding on points that I think that that it should honestly be revolved for the way that he get together because there were so right. many points that were made. Uh, by him, but like I said, I'm all for getting everything that you you can and want. But understand that there's um, different outcomes, different repercussions for things that you want to do. And gladly, some some of the times it'll end you not being on the team anymore. Travis, you know uh, Cole Fotheringham, right? Yeah, I know uh, Cole went to the same high school as me, and obviously he's younger than me. But um, yeah, we always knew each other in Sully Dad, and um, yeah, like I said, he grew up in the same city as me, so. Kenneth Scott, thoughts on this on this movement that the uh, Pac-12 players are doing, and now obviously other conferences are are jumping in on it too. Yeah, I agree with Isaac because, like, literally, word for what he said about you know with the with social inequality, the the pay, and all that, and just make sure everything is healthy. I'm, I'm assuming Utah is doing everything that they can to help in that case, which is a great news. Um, but it sucks, man. Like, you're fighting for something and you're booted off. But just like Isaac said, it's two sides of the coin, and I understand both of them. And so it's a, it's a crazy position to be in. But for me, I love football. Like, I, I just love it. I, me personally, I would have played. I just love football, you know. And then within me playing, I would just made a statement, you know, just like people make statements nowadays, like when Brandon Marshall was trying to fight mental health stigma, he had green cleats. You know, that was his way of, you know, saying this is what he stood for. And so I guess you can – try to figure out ways how you can do both at the same time, you know, play, but still, you know, have something that you wear or represent on the field that shows you, you know, what you represent. And so um, I think those, those are some ways that they can still do it to, you know, make their point and still, you know, uh, hold the end of the bargain of, you know, the coach's view as well. And so, but the racial stuff, I think, you know, they, it's just like Isaac said, you know, it goes to be, you know, be said. And so, the health stuff, just make sure that they're doing everything that they can to protect the players and then get a revenue. That was crazy. <laughs> I was like, yeah. Yeah. that was crazy. I don't blame them for trying to go first. You know what I mean? But at the same time, they got to be realistic. That's not ever going to happen. Yeah, for real. But the name, image, and likeness, you know, it's a, it's a great tool for sure. Because some people have that privilege that can get that type of extra commission. But then there's some people that, you know, may not be as lucky, be as lucky. And that can divide a locker room 
because um, I was speaking with Matt Martinez and a couple other guys about it too, and and they, they shared their points of it from okay, the star players or the people that are well known, and what about the other players that may feel you know, out of it and left out. And so you're just trying to figure out the middle ground to appease both sides. And so that was going to be tough uh, because obviously it's going to be pointed to the people that are, you know, have the most stardom. But then the other people don't recognize, I mean, there's so much politics that go into, you know, you playing and things of that nature. You know, there's some great athletes that just don't bond with the coach. And that's the reason why they're not playing, you know, and that can affect their name, image, and likeness, you know, from a commission standpoint. And so, you just got to find the middle ground and try to appease both sides, which is hard to do. Uh, but I like the players that are fighting for it. That's pretty cool to see. They're trying to change the landscape of uh, the college football outlet, you know, especially with the NCAA making billions of dollars off of us. Tom, you look like you're going to fall asleep. I'm going to turn it over to you for your for your thoughts on this uh, Pac-12 movement. I know that you've uh, stated on our website. You've also stated – in other areas on Twitter and things like that, your your thoughts, but for this audience, uh, your thoughts on this Pac-12 movement. Uh, I'm all about power to the players. Uh, I think college football without the players isn't college football. Coach Whittingham, the rest of the coaches don't make the money they do without the players. Mm-hmm. Players need more. I do think that there's a fine line between how much they get, how much they don't get, uh, star players versus no star players. Uh, and we could spend a lot of time talking about it, but at the end of the day, I think, I think what they're doing is cool. Uh, I, I don't, I mean, I don't think they're getting fifty percent, but it's a good, it's a good negotiating uh, <laughs> on their end. You know, you you got to start somewhere, and once you start somewhere, and if you give up whatever your starting point is, you're never going to get that back. So start high, come down low. Maybe they get zero percent. You know, who knows? But if they can get something out of it, so be it. I'm all about power to the players, and I think uh, college football is. A player-run system, and I think the players do the vast majority of the hard work to put the product on the field, and uh, and so I'm all about that. And right now, it's 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 college coaches that kind of run the system, and they make the decisions, and they claim that it's player-run programs. But I would beg to differ, and so um, I would like to see more power to the players. But that's, I mean, look, it's really tricky because we're talking about 18, 19, 20-year-old kids. So, you know, they can't have too much power because some of the decisions they want probably aren't the best decisions for the best interest of, of the sport and the game. So, you know, it's it's a very delicate situation. Every other league, professional league, has a players association. College football doesn't. Maybe that's where we start. Mm-hmm. Uh, get some of the brightest minds in the game together to uh, to, to help negotiate certain elements, uh, but I'm all about it. I, I like it. Travis, thoughts? Yeah, I mean, uh, piggyback off of, like, what everyone said. Um, obviously, it's a tough situation because, I mean, you want to make it fair for everyone. And because um, mm-hmm. everybody on the team has has a role. Like, we would not – we as a starting offense would not be prepared if we didn't have a scout team to go against during practice each week. Yep. We would – we would not be where we needed to be if we didn't have guys like that. So it's, it is a tricky situation because you want it to be fair for everyone. Um, obviously, you know, like walk-ons and stuff like that, you know, they're, they're busting their butt. They're not getting any money and they're, you know, trying to earn a scholarship and everything like that. So, and they're working, they're doing everything we're doing. So um, I always, um, I always had really high praise for walk-ons and everything like that, just because, you know, they're, they're doing everything we are and uh, you know they're not really getting anything 
in return. So, um, and like I said earlier, it's, it's a crazy time right now, obviously with um, the pandemic going on and, and all the social injustice things going on right now too. Um, so, I mean, it's, um, it's a, it's a good time, especially for you know, college athletes to come together and to work together. Um, I'm all, I've always been like a big advocate, especially, um, you know, I wish everyone could have experienced, especially, um, you know, the Utah locker room and the football team that we had is at the end of the day, we had no problems with any of that kind of stuff, you know, no, no matter where somebody came from, what color skin they had, anything like that, you know, what religious beliefs they had, everyone respected each other. Everyone um, was, you know, had the same goal in mind. And, you know, I I could experience that because it was, like I said, it was, it was something we didn't have to go through. It was, was, that was never a topic that would ever be brought up. And that was never something that uh, ever came into question because everybody truly cared about everyone. Everyone respected everyone. Um, so obviously I wish more people could experience that because, um, it is truly a grateful thing. And, um, you know, I, I wish, uh, you know, af- after all this, you know, I hope people's voices are being heard and I hope changes are, are being made. Um, cause there's definitely a lot of things that, that need to be changed and need to be addressed. And, um, and I think a lot of players are, are stepping up and, you know, having that voice and, um, you know, demanding those changes. And, you know, yeah, um, obviously it'd be, um, it would be nice, you know, be compensated like, um, and be able to get, um, you know, a little extra for what we do. But at the same time, you know, I, I also, too, I'm not going to take away that we also got our whole education paid for free. So that was um, I would never take that for granted whatsoever. Um, you know, Coach Wood always um, always said, you know, we're there first to get our education, and and football is is second to that. So at the end of the day, you know, I'm grateful I was I was able to have my college education um, taken care of, and um, I know that was a big um, that was something that I wanted to help out my parents so they didn't have to have to deal with that. So at the end of the day. Um, I don't want that, this whole, you know, ask, um, you know, getting money for likeness and all that to take away from, you know, the real, the real purposes of um, why you got a scholarship and why you're going to college in the first place. Because at the end of the day, football, like we all know here, football is not going to last forever and you're going to have to do something once football is over. So you want to make sure you put, you put yourself in the best situation you can um, when that, when that time does come. Can I just quickly say, um, and sorry to cut you off, Case Scott, I'll let you go after. Uh, Wear your masks, love each other, and support positive social change like the Black Lives Matter movements. Okay, it's important, I think, for people to to be reminded of that. I love all you guys. Case Scott, the floor's yours. That's great. I was about to tag on to that because, you know, what Travis said was was awesome because – you know, there was one point in time, I, it, was, it was during a fall camp, uh, the coaches divided all of everybody up into different, you know, ethnic groups. Like you have, uh, you have different groups, but they all had like a white, black, different diversity within the group. And after the, after uh, 
the late end of the camp, you will have a representative talking so you can get to know you session and everybody will talk about their background, where they came from, you know, so everybody can understand, you know, what that person goes through and, and kind of get a deeper dive, especially if you're trying to portray that you're a brotherhood. You know, we actually took those steps within our program to, you know, create diversity to have that attachment with each, with each you know, of the players. And so, like Travis said, I think our program was like one of the better programs in regards to that, you know, having everybody truly like a brother. It doesn't matter if you're white, black, poly, everything. And I think that, that was truly uh, one of the beneficial factors of uh, our Utah program, why we are where we are. Well, guys, uh, obviously, you guys have been very gracious with your time. I have thoroughly enjoyed the last hour and change going through time. That was a very special year for, for the youths and, and really a, a stepping stone to what the program is now. I really do appreciate you guys sharing your stories, uh, talking about, you know, the best of times, the worst of times uh, from that season. So obviously, I really do appreciate you guys. Thank you. Welcome. Thanks for having us. Yeah, we also you. add that uh, we need more police officers like Isaac. Uh, yes, Thanks, bro. All right, guys, that will do it for this edition. Uh, a big thank you to our sponsor, University Federal Credit Union. And make sure you guys check out kslsports.com. See you guys. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.